0: This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the latest episode of the Bold Tie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The nine and five Atlanta Falcons will host the Carolina Panthers eleven and four at four twenty five p.m. on Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Please note the time change. The game is not. At 1 p.m. It has been moved. It's been flexed by the NFL to 425 p.m. Before we get into the Panthers and wrap up with some Falcon matters, we're going to talk to um, Dick Beasley. And Dion Jones on the state of the team here. You can tell this was right after the Saints game, and the guys were still a little bit stunned about what happened. While they were pleased with how the defense played, the offense really didn't carry their load against the Saints. And yeah, see them uh, come uh, being that when they have
1: a possibility of playing again in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And uh, but
0: uh, what are some of the keys, y'all were? Able to you know slow down the day, and, uh, just couldn't never seem like the
1: offense couldn't get no rhythm. No. Yeah, I mean that made uh, I think flat they majority of the points on um, uh, explosive plays. Uh, for the most part, I think we did uh, well against the run game. And, um, you know, uh, got the uh, ball back to the offense. You know, offense uh, wasn't able to get it into to end zone like they wanted to. But you know, um, just gonna go back to the drawing board and try to correct those. things. Who's the mood of the guys like? Uh, I know y'all wanted this
0: game.
1: Oh, yeah, you know what I'm saying? We understand what was the stake, you know, a chance to uh, solidify a uh, spot in the playoffs. So uh, we wasn't unable, unable to do that, so we look forward to uh, going to East Carolina now. Is that motivation that y'all might might be right back here in a couple of weeks? I mean, it's motivation just to be in the playoffs. You know, we understand that next week or uh, winning these last two games, if we won, this game would have been the playoffs. So we understand we got another opportunity next week. So we're just taking one game at a time. Thanks, for Individual. Yeah. You-
0: there's Vic Beasley discussing the game against the Saints. Uh, let's talk to Dion Jones, the fine linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons y'all try to move into, uh, move on to this next game with a lot on the line, playoffs, and uh, so far everything's pretty much playoffs from here now?
1: Just uh, like every other week. Uh, go out there, go through our process, uh, don't make things up, and uh, okay. put this
0: game behind us and let's move forward. Mm-hmm. Three, was this characteristic of how y'all, you know, in a big game, played? I can aid. Was this uncharacteristic of how you all have handled other big games? Uh no, nah, um I feel like everyone,
1: you know, th- we every state our process and um guys still fought to the end and uh things just just happen our way. Uh, and we just got to just keep fighting, and, you know, to the to the clock hits all zeros. Thanks Jim.
0: Thanks. Yeah, Deion had that big interception there at the start of the third quarter. Got the team down to the one-yard line. It was 13-0 at the time. Man, if they could have punched that in, it's 13-7. to uh, But they get the Freeman fumble there. So, um, you know, Dion did his job, and uh, the offense didn't. It was bad, and don't need to... Go over all the penalties, which were quite disturbing for the 15th uh, week of the season, 15th game. But I'm sure the coaches will get that rectified, and they certainly have their attention here going into week 16 against the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers, we know what the deal is. There's no no drama about what the Falcons are going to face. They don't have to study up all night about it. They know what it is. Westlake Highs, Cam Newton's coming to town. And uh, he did him in last time up there, rushing for 86 yards. And when they do... Tend to beat the Falcons with Newton at the controls. It has more to do with his running than his passing. So he's rushed for 695 yards, 6 touchdowns. Jonathan Stewart, 680 for 6 touchdowns. He wasn't a factor in much in the last game. But the rookie was Christian McCaffrey. 111 carries 421 yards, 2 touchdowns. But he's also their leading receiver. And i like to see Deion Jones on him. And uh, that should be a good matchup. He's 75 catches, leads the team with 75, 611 yards for five touchdowns. Now, you, um, that's a pretty formidable attack up there. Devin Funches, 61 catches for 792 and seven touchdowns. And uh, Greg Olson is back. The former Pro Bowl tight end was out with a broken foot in the previous matchup. The 20-17 loss on November the 5th, but he's back. He caught three passes against Tampa last week. He's got 16 on the year for 181 and uh, one touchdown. So, you know, stop the run against the Panthers, make Cam beat you and throw, and uh, maybe rush him throws off his back foot. And that's been the formula when the Falcons have beat the Panthers. So, the Panthers' defense, of course, is led by Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis, who's back after a suspension for his cheap hit on Devontae Adams of the Green Bay Packers. And we know uh, Thomas Davis is one of the, the good guys in the league, but he does have a track record of making some questionable hits. That's why he was originally suspended for two games appealed it and got it reduced to one so he'll be playing on Sunday for defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes who likes to blitz a lot so the Falcons will be ready for that so there are some things about the Carolina Panthers we'll come back at the end and uh And look at the top defenses, but we need to talk about the Falcons offense uh, because it's offline right now. And I think it has something to do with the fact that Matt Ryan had to go against Mike Nolan's defense and against Mike Smith's defense in uh, the last three games. Mike Nolan's the linebacker coach in uh, New Orleans, but, you know, him and Glenn Allen, Coach Allen, are, are buddies, and, uh, you know, they, um, you know he's the coordinator, and they know exactly how to get ready for Matt Ryan and held the Falcons to 331 yards, the third lowest of the season, a couple turnovers, a fumble and an interception. Uh, the Falcons' uh, other low productions were 279 against Seattle, and 275 against Dick Zimmer and uh, Coach Mike Zimmer, I'm sorry, and uh, the Minnesota Vikings. Now, just looking at the passing stats, we can tell that there has been a major drop off. Ryan Lasher threw for nearly 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. And we see here, with uh, one game to go, he's well, he's 1,200 yards off of that. You know, thirty seven seven. 778. you know he's got to scratch just to get to a 7 consecutive 4,000 yard season 19 touchdown passes and 12 interceptions after 38 and 7 so it's our key. so the passing attack has had a major drop off I don't know if it's the receivers I'm sure that'll be broken down if it's the play calling or it's Matt Uh, I'm sure they'll look at that over the offseason. I think uh, uh, we'll match up some of the positions and see where the production fell off. I know tight end is not nearly producing as much as it did last year, uh, but that's one thing that we'll study here in the offseason for sure. One of the other things is that, hey, last year we talked about how, uh, I think it was a record 13 players caught touchdown passes and this year, it's only been eight players with touchdown passes. So, uh, you know, that's one of the big things that uh, the diversification of the offense is what happened. If you took away Julio, somebody else made a play. If you moved over to, um, you know, Tammy and then Hooper, and then the Toluelo, Joshua Perkins, TJ Talavalova, they had like five tight ends catch touchdowns last year. Uh, the running backs were much more dynamic in the attack last year. So we'll study that here. That'll be one of the things we talk about in the off season is how to get the offense uh, back on track. Certainly the concussions by Freeman and Coleman have made a factor, uh, been a factor, but, um, you know, it's more uh, some more issues there than meets the eye, not just the numbers. Uh, I think the lack of stretch runs is a factor that helps out the linemen and pass protection. Uh, it's not a a line built to pass protect, but it, they can protect well off a of play-action fake, but you have to set it up with those stretch runs, not all those tosses. They're not the same thing. Let's go back to the Panthers game here. We got... Two top ten defenses. So we should see some hitting on Sunday. We have two top ten defenses. That doesn't happen a lot. Uh, So um, let's look at these defenses. The Panthers are seventh at 313.5 yards a game. And the Falcons have um, joined them in the top ten at 323.1. They're ninth. Now, uh, you know, the Falcons... uh, The defense has been much improved, but they haven't joined the lead status because they're not turning folks over at the rate they want to. But the Panthers are 7th. The Falcons are ninth overall. couple other numbers to know about the Panthers uh, and the Falcons rush the top 10 defenses as they're doing it by stopping the run. They're stopping the run. Carolina's eighty nine point nine, which is sixth in the league. The Falcons are one hundred five point two, which is eight in the league. And they dedicated their run defense to that Saints game and did a good job there. We didn't see uh, Vic Beasley only played twenty one snaps in that game, and Tack McKinley only only played twenty two. The Falcons' rush-ins is about 33%, so 70% of the time they had their beef out on the field to shut down the run. Probably see that again on uh, Sunday against the Panthers. Now, uh, I believe you spy. you spy Cam Newton with a linebacker, I would pick Campbell to do it. Uh, Sean Weatherspoon's done it in the past, you know. Uh, he's more reserve and elder statesman now, but I'm gonna spy Cam wherever he goes, and then you know, play eleven on eleven uh, against them. You can't, you know, you know they design runs for him, so you you gotta you gotta man up on the quarterback and uh, adjust your scheme to do that. And we'll see if Coach Quinn does that against the Panthers. Now, um. Lastly, here we got to wrap up here with the uh, unrestricted free agents and the draft needs. We usually. Uh You know, last year we didn't have to get to this to February because they went to the Super Bowl. But because of the uncertainty here, we might as well start uh, uh, getting ready for the offseason. You know, they haven't played uh, inspiring ball to believe, even if they get in the playoffs, that they can flip the switch and go far. So we're going to just have our list ready to go on draft needs and unrestricted free agents. Draft needs, um, I'm going with wide receiver. Cornerback and offensive line, not necessarily in that order, but certainly uh, I think when we look at why the offense is falling off a little bit, you're going to say, hey, Julio's slow, you know, Julio did his thing, but the guys, uh, you know, next to him. You know, need maybe we need another guy to to you know blow the top off of the defense or something like that. We'll figure that out exactly what we need at. They need at wide receiver. I don't like the guards. I think you can improve that interior of the line. Uh, the tackles are fine, and uh, you know so so I think the interior. A uh, line may be a need, especially if, you know, Sean Harlan's not going to play. Shard Harlow was the fourth round pick last year. He's been inactive for all 16 games. So, that was the same situation with West Weister last year too so maybe that's their development plan and they think they have a guard that we don't uh, think they have but guard play is one and then at cornerback you can't just lose a six six guy six three guy like Jalen Collins and not try to replace him in the draft. They had to part ways with him. They had to part ways with two former second round picks this year so uh, Coach Quinn's going to look to replace one of them uh, and they get Jack Crawford back from injury maybe he replaces Hageman and uh, you need a quarterback for Collins so draft needs that's how we see it right now Uh, unrestricted free agents Dan Terry Poe is worth uh, 10.3 on the market value according to spot rack Adrian Claiborne's worth 9.3 those are the top two free agents for the Falcons along with kicker Matt Bryant. I think you pay Matt, he's 42. Looks like he's still going. Uh, The cap's going up. Find some money for the kicker. Now, the rest of the um, players who are scheduled to be unrestricted free agents include wide receiver Taylor Gabriel, safety linebacker Kamal Ishmael, wide receiver Andre Roberts, defensive tackle Courtney Upshaw, cornerback Blendy Ray Wilson, reserve linebacker Sean Weatherspoon, guard Ben Garland, fullback Derek Coleman, wide receiver Nick Williams, linebacker Jordan Tripp, defensive tackle Ataye Rubin, offensive lineman Austin Pasteur, and quarterback Leon McFadden, who was signed here recently. So there we have it today, we talked about the Saints, and wrapped up that game with Vic Beasley and Deion Jones, talked about the Panthers offense, defense, the Falcons offense being offline, stat corner, we looked at the top 10 defenses, and then number 5 we looked at, uh, looked ahead to the draft, and our Unrestricted free agents. So, with that, we'd like to thank you all for listening to the Bowtie Chronicles podcast and subscribing on iTunes. And we really appreciate you stopping by there and stopping by the new AJC podcast page. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the latest episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast.
1: Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.